Hey friends, welcome to our digital space. On This Girl Life, we're trying to figure life out. And there's no better way to do that than with your best friend by your side. So join us each week as we bring on experts to help us navigate This Girl Life. All right, here are your hosts, Whitney and Kristen. Hi guys, welcome back to episode 36 of TGL. It's your hosts, Whitney and Kristen. We're so excited to have you guys back after such a long holiday week. Yeah, welcome. We hope you're doing well and back to your routine. I'm sick, so part of my voice, I sound like Brooke Davis from Montreal. Whitney's just bringing her sexy voice to the table. Oh yeah, so Just trying sexy. to seduce you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh goodness, yeah. It feels so good to be back. I don't know. There's something about a Monday after a holiday where it's like, oh my gosh, I sat down at my computer and got my life I together. Know. I was just saying that to Kale last night. It's like, I love being in Arizona, but like getting back to my own house, it's just like so nice. Right. And like getting your laundry done and putting shit away. It's so just, it's cleansing for my OCD <laughs> self, I have to say. Kristen and I were together. We had, we had so much fun. We were like shooting content and just being our stupid selves so it's always nice to like be together and be able to do TGL stuff I know we were joking about if we were together all the time we would be so much more fun it would be like (laughs) insane I feel like everyone would know our podcast because it would just be like like I don't know it would be on the steroids it would be so funny it would be so good well we hope you had a great holiday and um, today we have, well, should we get into yay and nay first? Let's do Okay. It's yay and nay with Wit and So Kay. what is oh, your, shit. do you have a yay or nay that you want to start with? My nay is holiday travel. <laughs> I think that's everyone. Okay. So first of all, I read a really funny gift today and it was like Christmas list, Christmas list, AirPods, new pair of jeans, flight reimbursement for coming to visit you for the holidays. And I was like, I feel this deep in my soul. Like, <laughs> What happened? <laughs> what happened on your trip home? Well, okay. So luckily both trips were fairly seamless. On the way home, Quinny slept the whole way. But on the way there, you know, she's 15 months. She's a psychopath. She does not want to just sit still. Like she's walking. There's 30,000 people in the airport, half of who have, I'm pretty sure, never been on an airplane before in their entire lives. So they're like trying to get through TSA pre and they're like, you don't have TSA pre and they don't even know what that means. Oh man. And I'm like, guys, how does someone not know what TSA pre is? And then even the people that get through pre have like 9,000 water bottles. Like, I'm like, have you ever peeped? I, don't, I was like, I don't know how this happens, but we have the worst like security line car bracelets and keeps going through the metal detector and refuses to take them off. I'm like, I could see you. Oh my God. I could just see it. And I'm sweating like. I can get my shit ready for security in under like seven seconds. So when people are like dicking around or like I'm a breastfeeding mom or was, I get it. But when you pull out 75 unfrozen bags of TS of breast milk, first of all, freeze that shit. We'll get through much quicker. And th- ah, that's my, and it's just busy on our way back. We were waiting for our bags and the security was so long. It wrapped around the baggage claim. It had to be, it had to be an hour at least. Wow. Yeah. See, this is why that you are proving my point of why we are not traveling Mm. this Christmas. We're just not. And tickets are so expensive. So that is like such a good nay. Everyone right now is like high-fiving you. And don't even get me started on the cost. Like $1,000 for Thanksgiving and $1,000 for Christmas. Like, you don't get any gifts from us because broke shit now because we had to come yeah. see you. Yeah. I know. It's it's crazy. Well, it's a great name. Great and that name. was a total vent <laughs> sesh, so I apologize to everyone listening that I just went totally <laughs> off on a tangent. I'm all in trouble. <laughs> You're like, okay, here is, here's mine. Mine is that, honestly, every time we have a holiday... Because I let down and relax, I get sick every time without fail. If you follow me on Instagram, I like bitched about it because it's the it's like a mom curse or just like a, a working girl, you know, girl curse. It's like right when you get that second, you get sick. And so for me, then I literally 
guys, it w- it's been like the worst. And it happens to me once a year. But this time it happened on Thanksgiving. So I couldn't drink. Yeah. I couldn't like work out. Yeah. There's just is, so much stuff, you know. But, get the negative out of the so way. So <laughs> we're starting with the nays. I love that we come back and we start with the nays. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. What is your yay? Or do you want me to go? Okay. <clears throat> Sorry, I had to clear my voice. <laughs> okay. My yay is kind of, it's kind of weird, but, and it's kind of deep, deep epiphany. And I talked about it yesterday on Instagram that I'm going through infertility. And my yay is that I realized for the first time that like, so many people are going through it and like I'm not alone I guess I had this overwhelming sense of just like I'm not worried like everything is gonna be fine and like work out accordingly I just experienced one person just wrote me two days ago on Instagram and shared like what she's going through and and you know just like that desire to have a baby and I just think like I I don't know I just had this epiphany that like I want everyone to, like, be open, be honest, talk about it, support one another, and, like, I hope that I can do that, and, like, I think through this girl, she was, like, you know, you're handling it with such grace, and I appreciate you talking about it, and, like, I guess that's just a yay for me, that, like, what I'm going through, and it's, like, not even, I mean, we know of a lot of people that have had it, like, way harder, um, yeah, I know it's kind of like a weird yay, but... No, you're creating a community around it, and I think that's really special. Yeah, I mean, I wish I could do more. Like, I wish I could talk about it more. And like uh, like I said on my post yesterday, girl, I, I go into my fertility doc, and so many... Like, it is crazy, the amount of people coming in and out. And I'm like, right. what is happening? Like, what is happening in this world, though? Right. You know? Yeah. And so I think it's just... I hope to almost, like, break the negativity around it because it's such a sad thing. But, like, I just feel like when you feel like you're not alone and that you're actually in it and be vocal and speak about it. Mm -hmm. Also, side note, I have to tell you this. Sorry, guys. (laughs) But we had Courtney, the modern-day psychic, on last time, and we were talking about chakras. And I was sharing that I know that there's, like, a big thing in my like throw area that's what Courtney and I were talking about you know because I just that's where I see a lot of issues I have Hashimoto's and whenever I get sick it's always here like I never get sick anywhere else and so I ran and she's like you have something that you need to like speak about like you are meant to be like you know weighing on you tearing you down whatever like you need to voice it and I feel like Maybe that's it. Like, maybe that's what needs to be voiced. Yeah. It's It's been a big yay epiphany <laughs> moment, guys. I, I love know. that. Yeah. it's It was definitely, Thanksgiving was eye-opening yeah. a little. That's awesome. That's a yeah. great yay. Yeah, It's a great okay. yay out of what's a situation yours? that's difficult. And I think that's what's cool yeah. is, like, you're showing people that there is community around things, even if it's not around something that you necessarily want to celebrate. But it's about something where people Mm -hmm. need community. Like, that's when you need it the most, you know? Exactly. Right. Okay. I want to hear yours. My yay. Um, I am working on a side hustle. Another one. I know. I just, every time I tell Adam this, he's like, you're adding something else to your plate. I'm like, I know, I know. Um, Of interior design, which is kind of weird. And yeah and I actually met with one of my clients today and we spent about three hours at our house and picked out all her her house this afternoon to like finalize layouts and things like that and then we're gonna go to our house and buy everything and purchase it today so that hopefully it's here by like mid mid January oh my gosh girl yeah it's Kristen needs like her own um anthem of like a hustle song like oh every day I'm hustling Every day hustling. I'm just grinding towards that, not working a nine to five. I'm trying. So yeah, that's been like a really fun new thing that Adam's like, you don't have time to add this. And I'm like, yeah, but it's something that, 
you know, it's taking the place of blogging, unfortunately, but it's something that pays me. And it's something that I'm really excited about and have a lot of fun doing. So see, that's what we talked about. Remember, like, and I don't can't even remember the episodes, but we talked about finding that like fulfillment. So sometimes it's not in affected or got degrees in or whatever. So very cool. Right. I love it. Yeah. So that's my new yay. So if you're in the Denver metro area and you need someone to design your house, hit me up, girl. Yeah, she'll give you a smoking deal. I'll give Honestly, you a TGL discount. Yeah, Kristen, her house is super cute. She has an eye. She's always Thanks. had an eye. So, yeah. Thanks, girl. Okay, so we're going to get into today. And we have a disclaimer for you. Because today we're talking body image, body dysmorphia, um, eating disorders, Disordered eating. eating. Yeah, coming after the holidays. Yeah, it's it's an episode Whitney and I have been talking about a lot, and those close to us know our story with this and have kind of asked us to share it and talk about it. And we wanted to do it in a way that it's not just Whitney and I talking about the really gruesome details. So we have Heather Sherwood on, which is such a blessing. You know her from episode 25. She talked about the Enneagram, and she's back today just to kind of provide kind of that expert guiding light of this and yes to help us talk about this in a very educated way exactly and I think I believe in the episode we said we were going to share beforehand because we didn't really share our story so are we going to share our stories right now a little bit or no we can I mean we can I don't we do it in the episode remember oh yeah yeah do you want right. to? Are you ready to do that? Sure. Let's do it. All right. Let's dive in. Do you want me to go first? You can. Yeah. Sure. Go ahead. Okay. This is what we were going to say, oh, though. Oh, God. Yeah. This is this is like a – this is your warning. Trigger that warning. That people, yeah, struggling with, have struggled, are not quite – you know, like, I, we're believers that you may not ever quite 100% feel fully recovered from this if you've had an eating disorder, disordered eating body dysmorphia, anything like that. But this is your trigger warning that like this episode might get into some things that would make you feel a certain way. And we just want you to really think about that before you listen. I don't know how to yeah. say that in any no, I think, way. No, it's perfect. <laughs> listen, I'm someone who still, I feel like is pretty, I struggle pretty regularly. So there are certain things I have to avoid uh, listening to and watching. So if you're one of those people, turn it off. If you're not yeah. ready, just We'll, Won't hurt our we'll see you next week. Basically. <laughs> we got a good one next yeah. week. So. <laughs> um, okay. So I'll just share my my issues surrounding it. I'm not going to get like super detailed and like take up 20 bazillion minutes. My story is I, I grew up being a little bit taller girl, nothing crazy. Always was a string bean, swimmer, tiny. Um, got into eighth grade and people were like girl you're 5'11 you're so pretty like go model so I was like all right I'll go and I met with like six different agencies wonderful went to New York City what impacted me the most out of like all of this was like one agency I feel like was the thing that that threw me over saying I was 5'11 150 pounds 15 pounds And I was too athletic for them. And, like, it always stuck with me. And I feel like from then on, when you're a taller girl, you never really feel like you fit in anyways. Never really feel like you're small enough. You don't have the cute, you know, you're just, like, I wasn't able to wear, like, American Eagle and, like, you know, like, just certain things growing up, even though I was small and skinny. So that transitioned all the way through high school. And as I got older, hormones, all of a sudden, I was not the way I thought I should be. Struggling big time with body image. Constant working out when I got to college. Had boy issues. So I thought being skinnier would make that easier. And I got deep into restricted, like restrictive eating, basically. Um, And bulimia. And at, a t- at one point, it was like I would consider anorexia. Um, and that went on for about a solid two, three years. Finally, I admitted to my mom about it after I had a super big scare. 
I was taking niacin and a bunch of different things and I felt like my heart was going to like explode out of my chest. And so I basically shared it with my mom and I've gotten therapy. But this is what Kristen was talking about. For me, I went to therapy. But for me, this has never gone away. Let me explain. That sounds bad. For me, Mia, once in nursing school, I was I was done with all of the, you know, restrictive eating for the most part. Still was really aware of like uh, no gluten, no dairy, that type of stuff. Um, but I do have allergies to those. So it's like, but anyways, anyways, I struggle with body dysmorphia. 100% hands down and exercise nervosa. I am like a constant, you know, worker outer all the time. And for me, it doesn't go away. Um, it's something I struggle with. Kristen knows this. She, you know, my friends love on me, support me, but it's something that for me is a real, real thing. Um, and being 6'1 doesn't help. You just constantly feel like you're bigger than everybody. So, I mean, that's where I'm at. It's a constant battle. I think for the most part, I'm pretty good now. I feel like I'm at a good place and having a daughter has helped. Like I've basically had to snap myself back to reality. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a real thing for me and yeah, I hope that ends. You know, oh, I think that's a good honest, but, <clears throat> you know, okay. Yeah. Mine, gosh, I, mine didn't, my very vivid recollection of the first time was I was a sophomore in college when I threw up for the first time. And I just remember I was always thin my whole life. I will be the first to admit that I was five, eight since eighth grade. I was tall and skinny my whole life. And then I hit college and started drinking and I realized, oh my gosh, I'm not as skinny. My metabolism has slowed down and you're a sophomore in college and like, I'm not going to stop going out and doing those things. And so I would binge and purge and throw up. And that's when I started. And it lasted for me, um, for about a year, my whole summer year. And I didn't have the best support group around me. The people that knew were also engaging in the same behavior. So it felt very normalized. And I went to college in Malibu and not to say that Malibu encouraged it, but Malibu definitely didn't discourage it. And everyone I went to college with is a supermodel basically. And so, you know, it was this, mine was, how do I stay as small as I was in high school while not having to change my lifestyle at all? And for me, that was the easiest way. And I kind of snapped out of it. I had moved home. Um, I don't know what, I honestly can't remember what snapped me out of it my sophomore year. Um, I just stopped at some point, but then would occasionally binge um, after like really big meals. And so I thought in my head, oh, I have this under control. You know, like I stopped binging every meal. Um, I'm just going to binge the big ones, you know. And the one that really stuck was when I had moved home from college. I'd graduated college. I was year off between college and law school. And I binged Christmas Eve dinner and then came back out. And my brother asked me why I smelled like mouthwash. And it's because he knew I had thrown up and then brushed my teeth after. And I feel like my brother's almost 10 years older than me. And so to have him ask me that was mortifying for me and a, an eye opener that I didn't know that I needed because I probably hadn't binged in a month, you know? So in my head, I'm thinking, you know, I was more like maintaining at this point instead of doing it every day. And then I remember in law school, I did it a few times, but I, once I started dating Adam, I was so nervous of him catching me and I wasn't ready to share that story with him yet that I stopped because I just loved him so much. And I was like, he would just, I, he'll never love me if he catches me doing this, you know? And it took me about a year of being with Adam to finally tell him my story and tell him everything that was going on. And so, yeah, that is like my binge, my eating disorder story. Um, and then I kind of talk about it in the podcast, but yeah. we got engaged. We started doing paleo and paleo to me became restrictive eating and it became a different form of a disorder for me. And so mm -hmm. that had to change quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I think something that's really hard for me as I've gotten older and I understand, I very much understand, like, and I'm very aware of, like, mm -hmm. you know, what I put in my body. Not because of disordered eating, but be from a health standpoint now, going in to be a, like, health practitioner. Like, 
it's very important to me. So sometimes it can be very tricky. And Kristen does talk about this in the podcast of not going overboard. Um, But again, for both of us, like we talk about it in the podcast, a lot of this is about control and finding control. And for both of us, we found much a lot of control through having um a control of our workouts and our eating or our binging and you know and today we really dive into it and we we wanted heather's opinion we wanted her to be that guiding light but we hope you get a lot of information from it and maybe you can relate to it no you're not alone we're going to be providing a lot of resources on the website for you if you're struggling still We want you to feel like you can reach out to us and we will put you in contact with people, Mm -hmm. the right people, or reach out to Heather if you are struggling. You are not alone, basically, in this. I think this is very common for many of us, not just women, but men too. Um, But why we wanted to talk about Mm -hmm. this, first and foremost, is Chris and I both have daughters. And the last thing we want is for our daughters to mm-hmm. go through what we went through or feel how we felt. We want them to feel empowered by their bodies, to love their bodies from the get-go. And that is why we are starting the conversation around it. So we hope you appreciate it. We hope you tune in. Please write us if you have questions. And please check out thisgirllifepodcast.com to check out all of our resources where you can find some good places to go. Okay, we love you guys. Hey guys, um, it's Kristen from This Girl Life. I'm here with Whitney and Heather Sherwood. You guys know her. She has been a fabulous guest on our podcast before, and we are excited to have her back and to talk about a uh, a topic that is a little difficult for us to talk about. Um, the three of us are going to be kind of navigating these waters together, and we it's kind of our first time navigating it. So bear with us as we make our way through the topic of kind of eating disorders, disordered eating all that stuff. So Heather, welcome to TGL. We're so glad you're here with us again. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. We really, again, we were just chatting beforehand. We always do some of our best chatting before we're recording, I feel like. But um, we really want this to be a, a great conversation. And again, like Kristen said, we're just kind of navigating this together. And we want to make sure that we're not, um, or we're going to do our best to not trigger anyone. And so if you are easily triggered, you know, just think before listening, maybe this isn't the best time, but we really, we are going to dive into some interesting topics and things. So again, we just wanted to give that little bit of a warning, but we're going to do our best to make it just educational and give you lots of resources. So, and we want this to be a place where we were talking before, but you know, Whitney and I have had conversations in private kind of about this topic before, but we want this to be a place where you guys can come to us and talk to us about it. And that's why we wanted to bring Heather on because she is, you know, an expert in this. And we want you guys to feel like this is a safe space to kind of have these conversations and talk about things that all girls have probably struggled with at some point in their life. And just to create that space of, it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to have struggled with it. And we're going to work through it together. So I hope everyone feels that today. Definitely. And- so Heather, share with us your experience um, with eating and body body image. Yeah. Well, actually, to be honest, it started when I was probably in high school. And I had a friend who disclosed to me she was struggling with an eating disorder and I didn't really know what to do at the time. And I had had my own body image issues and, um, you know, struggles growing up as well, feeling like my body wasn't enough. And so when I started studying, um, marriage and family therapy, I was really interested in eating disorders. And so I started working at a treatment center, center for discovery, shout out to them. Um, in La Jolla and in Del Mar. So I did outpatient treatment and I did residential treatment. And since then I've been doing um, treatment through my private practice. And so that's a little bit more, I guess, boutique and outpatient style, but I always work with a doctor and a nutritionist kind of to have a treatment team because eating disorders are so complex. You kind of need you know, you need the medical side and you need the emotional side, the mental health, because they're all really um, combined. They are. So um, let's kind of dive into, um, dive in, Kristen, you're welcome. Swear jar. <laughs> Swear jar. <laughs> uh, I can't not say the phrase, okay? 
Um, okay, so let's get into the nitty gritty of, yeah, let's just get into kind of a few of the eating disorders or the common ones we hear about. We don't have to get like really specific, but the ones that we're going to be chatting about today um, or that people might hear us chat about. Great. Yeah. So the kind of common ones are, you know, the ones you hear is anorexia nervosa, bulimia nervosa, binge eating disorder. And then a lot of the other ones that don't fall into criteria, they consider unspecified feeding or eating disorder. And the other big one right now is called orthorexia. And that's actually not a clinical term yet. It hasn't been put into the DSM. So orthorexia is kind of this idea or this preoccupation with clean or perfect eating. So it can be really, it can be an extreme, obsessive, very psychologically limiting, sometimes very physically dangerous. And you can't see me, but I'm going to put in quotes health but it's like perfection and clean and almost like pure. So there's this whole idea of even like seeing food in a kind of a moral lens, like this is bad or this is good, that kind of thing. So this is such an interesting thing to me. And I didn't know this word. I'm not medical, but I had an issue with probably like a little, I've moved past that. And then I got into the pay. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be, do it. And about three years into it, I had to tell Adam, like, I can't do this anymore to this extreme because it's pushing me back to this place of like food is now and couldn't look at French fries. Road. It's bad. Like French fries are naughty. Like that's bad. I can't eat these, you know? And like, I had to tell, like, we were looking at, I'm like, Adam, I can't, I can't do this. And like, luckily him and I are very open about my struggles. And so he was like, good. You tell, like, like light in the reins much now this term clean eating, which for me, healthy food into good, healthy food into very bad. And for people that have struggled with that, I can absolutely see how this becomes a medical word and a trigger for everyone who's ever struggled with good and bad food. Yes. Yeah. And great that you had the insight to be like, okay, this is, I can't do this. This isn't working for me. And I wish I knew the research on this, but it's super common for those who've been diagnosed with a clinical eating disorder, recover, and then they move into orthorexia because they're like, well, I'm not going to go down the binge purge road again. Ah. This seems nice, but it's a way to like kind of control and sort of, I can, you know, handle this with this clean eating. And attaching healthy to a way of eating is a really easy way to mask the eating disorder in my head. Yeah. Healthy. So it's not bad, but <laughs> reality check, Kristen, when you're only eating one chicken breast all day, like there's something wrong with what we're doing. Right. Yes. And it's really tricky because there's like this toxic narrative around health now and it gets very confusing out there as to what is like healthy versus what is going to turn into more yeah, disordered eating. Or- Definitely. I think you hit the nail on the head for me. You brought, you said the word control mm-hmm. and you are the expert in this. I, again, Kristen shared a little bit of hers, but my big issue, which I figured out, for me, I have been to therapy for specifically an eating disorder. And um, I'm still in therapy just for like, just because I love therapy. But a lot of times, my um, eating disorders creep in. And a lot of um, my body image issues creep in. And what it falls back down on is control. It, you know, it's, it really is this thing that um, I feel like we live in this world, especially here in the U.S., it's go, 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 busy, busy, busy. Social media is just like we're so consumed and like girls, boys too, for me, it's like trying to find that control in a sense of a chaotic world. So many of us fall onto exercise or food. So, I mean – Is this kind of what you're seeing in practice? Um, Just a lot of people are trying to find some sort of control through, through their food and their exercising. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's all these different risk factors for developing eating disorders and definitely needing to have some type of control. You know, everyone has their kind of go-to coping mechanisms, you know, whether it's, yeah, sex, drinking, shopping. And for people with eating disorders, they actually do get kind of a high off of whether it's binging or restricting, and it helps them feel like they have a sense of control. 
Um, and other risk factors are, you know, perfectionism, history of dieting, anxiety, those kind of even genetic loadings, weight stigma in our culture, bullying from childhood. And so, yeah, there's psychological and biological risk factors involved. And I definitely think control is one of them. And honestly, our world is kind of unpredictable right now. It's a little scary. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you're like, okay, well, I can't control what's going on out here. Right. So I guess like up close and personal, I can just not have those fries, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And it's, it's so interesting, like how much just what you put in your mouth gives you that sense of peace. Like, is yes. that crazy? Like when, when you're, I'm trying to think of it out loud and get out of my own head and my own minute of standing in front of the pantry being like, do I eat the apple or do I just go for the trail mix with the M&Ms? But it's amazing how much control what we put in our mouth has over mindset, our feeling of control, like Whitney has said, like, I, it's amazing. And I'm just like, how did food has power? How did Food's we powerful, get man. here? It right. really is. It really is. And there's something to be said for, you know, mob mentality or we have this sense of wanting to belong and connect. And then we see all these different fads and diets out there and it feels good, Mm -hmm. you know. And so then we're part of this whatever it might be that could be harmful. Yeah. Let's kind of go into a little bit of this you just said like being a part of something, right? And I think social media definitely has played a part in these big online communities, which are great, right? Like workout, working out is fantastic. Y'all like we need it as a nurse, right? We need to be getting our exercise and doing our the, the standard to keep our, yeah, keep our heart healthy. But I think, you know, these big communities are, and people who maybe not even are specialized, right? Um, we had Katie Dunlap on from Love Set Fitness, and we were chatting about these people who are, aren't credentialed. There's no credentials behind it, yet they're on there talking about what you like, should be eating. Well, this, yeah, this is yes. how you should exercise, and this is what you should be eating, and just like clean eating this, clean Spewing eating that. Nuts. So, yeah, right? It's just nonsense. So, I mean, we should really be so aware of what who we're surrounding ourselves with number one and I think that can be a a big point of this podcast is like who are you surrounding yourself with online and around you you know everyday life yeah that's really yeah you know I don't I just no I just because I know from my past it's been um I've had to unfollow people on Instagram um I'm very I I am very easily triggered so Again, that's why we wanted to mention not triggering because I am very easily triggered. And so I've had to unfollow and, and I've had to be aware of like, okay, maybe I shouldn't be doing this crazy type of exercise um, like two hours a day following someone that's promoting working out for like an hour and a half, two hours a day. Um, I know as a nurse, like that is actually not the right way. Like, <laughs> So surrounding ourselves – um, with the body positive people is key, the right yeah. body positive people. Heather, I would love to hear your thought on when you have clients come in and say they're struggling with this. Like if I came into you and I said, this is what I'm currently going through, what do you tell them? Mm-hmm. What do you tell a girl who's 19 who who's just like, I mean, I was an average size. I was never too thin. I was never too big, but I still struggled with it. I... You know, what would you tell a girl that was mean at 19 that was like, hey, I can't stop purging. What what do I do? Like, what advice do you have to someone who is just starting to look for help? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, someone who's just starting to look for help, you know, it's not always what they want to hear, but this kind of recovery isn't a sprint. It's, ooh, I don't even know if I should be using workout terms for eating disorder recovery. (laughs) It's a marathon. That's creepy. Um, anyway, you know what I mean? It's, um, it's not short term. And so I would kind of want to get, you know, a history on, you know, when it started, what triggered the beginning of this often it's yeah, if there's trauma or bullying or some kind of underlying anxiety, that kind of thing. But just to give her hope that like you can recover from this. And if you don't even feel like loving your body right now, 
we can start with you just learning to respect it and honor it mm-hmm. and notice it for all it does do for you. Something that is so interesting um, and I think is something that needs to be talked about is the fact that so many people, we kind of went back at the very beginning and we're like, here's what some of the eating disorders are. But eating disorders can be in anyone. You don't have to look skinny, like super, super skinny. It can be somebody who, you know, looks very healthy. And for me personally, when I first started struggling with this, I mm-hmm. didn't actually lose weight. Like I was not able to lose weight. And what happened is I was like seeing it other places. Like my hair stopped growing. Like my body, my skin, like everything was just awful because I wasn't nourishing my body in the right way. So um, I think that's something for me during this podcast, anybody, you know, we may have a best friend who um, is showing some signs like you were talking about. And so how do you, if you are know someone or think about somebody maybe is struggling with this, how would you approach somebody? Um, like, what do you think is the right way? Because this is such a sensitive topic. Mm-hmm. It's such a sensitive topic and it can be, I think it can be extremely hard to bring it up. I think if you're in a relationship with someone and they really know how much you care, I think it's really helpful to bring it up. And I think actually it can strengthen your friendship to have someone notice you and not in the, wow, you look great, but you know, I noticed you didn't eat that. I noticed you're hiding things. I noticed you know, your clothes are really loose, but it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't even have to be physical. 30 million people suffer from eating disorders at some point in their life in the U S and eating disorders have historically been associated with, you know, heterosexual, young, white, thin females, but it does affect people from all demographics and ethnicities. And I think it was a new study came out and said black teenagers are 50% more likely than their white counterpart teenagers to exhibit bulimic behavior, for example. So we have lots and lots of people struggling. So we can't often just be like, oh, they're thin or they're losing weight. I think other things you can, you know, look for, like you were saying is, you know, hair loss, secrecy, isolation, a preoccupation with food, especially if you're going to a restaurant and they have to bring, you know, their own food in, they can't order off the menu. If it takes them a very long time to even you know, grocery shop because they have to read all the labels before they pick out what they want. Those are some kind of red flags and it is really hard to approach people, but I think it shows that you care and that you're concerned. And I think that goes much farther than just not saying anything. Whitney and I were talking about that because I, before our wedding, I got very thin and I look back now and to me, it was healthy eating. I was just eating very clean very clean and working out and like nothing in my head was extreme because in my head, my extreme was that I wasn't throwing up. I mean, Mm. that was my extreme from when I was 19. So to be like, no, I'm just eating really healthy and working out. But I had a couple friends approach me and they're like, oh my God, are you throwing up again? And I literally called wit and I was like, because Whitney's kind of my therapist. I don't have a therapist. So I go to Whitney because even though I shouldn't be because I got my own shit. But we shared so much when we were both going through it when we were younger that I just felt comfortable. And I was like, it just hurt my feelings. And at the time, I couldn't see it because I didn't think there was anything wrong. But I was like, if they would have just come to me in private and been like, hey, we're worried about you, it would have been a different conversation than like straight calling me out. You know, I even had my brother at one time say, what are you throwing up again? And it was almost different from my brother, though, because I knew he cared so much and had seen me it happen earlier. It was it's just like it's such a touchy subject because to hear it from one and another, it hits you differently. Where like my brother's a sarcastic asshole, like I would tell him that every day. And so to hear him say that to me was like, this is how you're showing love. But to hear it from girlfriends who knew me, it was hurtful. And I think just like knowing how to approach your friends and knowing how they need to be loved on and how they need to be heard is so important when you're dealing with someone going through this. At least that is my experience is that like, I would need Whitney to take me to coffee or wine and sit down with me and hold my hand and be very gentle because otherwise I'm going to jump up, freak out and walk out, you know? 
Yes, exactly. And I think sometimes people are so afraid to go there that it comes off really cavalier or kind of yeah. interrogating because they're nervous. Right. They're hyperventilating. And so they're like, eh, what are you doing? Throwing up again, you know, or you got an eating disorder, as opposed to, like you said, taking them aside, holding their hand, saying, hey, I want to talk to you about something. I'm a little bit worried about you. Right. Yeah. Totally different. Yeah. It's it's know your audience, right? <laughs> like, know your audience, people, because, I mean, just um, it is a sensitive topic, but I'm glad I can be there for you always. It's not easy. And, uh, you know, that's why we that's why we have each other. And that's why friend, best friends are the best. But um, it's definitely something that we want to, on TGL, have a safe space. And, you know, we wanted Heather on to provide a resource for you guys. And I think we also wanted to do this because – we're moms, right? Like we're all moms of, of daughters. And this is something that um, for me personally, I mean, I've had to be so aware, right? Because I'm very much still in this. Um, it is definitely a marathon. I love that you said that because for me, I always say like, <clears throat> I don't know if I will ever completely be healed, you know, like I personally don't think that this goes away. I think this is something that I will struggle with my whole life. So I want to be, um, for my daughter, better, right? And that's why I go to therapy. That's why I um, constantly am talking to my husband. Last night, here's a little, you know, nitty gritty for you guys. <laughs> I just shared with my husband um, that I'm feeling uncomfortable. I had to gain weight for fertility reasons and I'm feeling really uncomfortable right like I'm feeling out of control because I am totally like my BMI is fabulous right but when I look in the mirror I'm like oh my gosh I miss being 10 pounds thinner right and my husband was like Whitney you know you're so so beautiful and like I, I don't know how – by the way, like, I've literally been coughing off air, you guys. <laughs> I just you, I've muted myself, like, 50 times. There is something <laughs> happening to me. Um, <clears throat> so sorry. Excuse me. But he was like, babe, I don't know how to help you see yourself. You are not seeing yourself how you actually are. So this is another topic, right? So body dysmorphia. I struggle with body dysmorphia. Um, very bad. So he was like, honey, when uh, I came back from deployment and I was – way too thin um he was like I could stick like both my hands like through this the gap of your leg the gap like your legs right and I was like no you couldn't oh my gosh he's like it's it's not right it's not healthy you need to look in the mirror and see that you are skinny right practice every day telling yourself girl you are skinny you are beautiful like doesn't matter like your weight and this is something as moms I am concerned about for my daughter. So I make an active effort to never talk about my body in front of my daughter, like ever. And, you know, I think a lot of parents just tell their children, like, what to do, you know, in so many ways. But as we know, like, children are more impacted by what we're saying. And they hear everything, right? Like, they're such sponges. It's crazy. So my goal is to – um to really work on my speech, right? Like, am I right in that, in, in doing that? Even if I can't, behind closed doors, I'm still struggling, like. I would almost challenge you, though, to talk about your body in a different way then. You know, if you, you said you don't want to talk about your body at all, but like, you're powerful and you're strong and you birthed a human and you raised it, you're carrying a human and you nursed a human. And I think there's, I think it's changing our thought on our bodies and like learning the respect of our bodies over the look of our bodies. At least that's what I'm trying to teach myself is like I carried Quinn for 10 months and like, you better believe when she's 10, I'm going to tell her that every day and that I went through 25 hours of labor and that my body might still have a little flab on its belly, but like that's because she was a 10 pound, nine pound baby. Like, I don't know. I, Heather, you probably know more about this than I do, but that's my thought on like the body thing and with kids and yeah. And that's a big thing. I work with obviously a lot of clients who have eating disorders, but then 
I also work with a lot of teens and preteens. And when I start to hear things from parents, they're not even aware. They're scared, right? We're all scared. We want to live forever. We don't want to die and get sick. And so we're like, oh my gosh, our kids aren't eating enough vegetables. And then sometimes the talk gets to be around diet or like cut down on your carbs, you know, to a 12 year old. And they're already being inundated with social media and you need to look this perfect. And I talk to them about how much their language matters around their child and that it would be better, honestly, if their kid had the chips and didn't hear the cutting carbs, don't gain weight, keep your figure, all these things that little girls and boys now are starting to hear. And I think it's easy for me in a practice setting to talk to parents about how to talk to their kids about their bodies and accepting them and honoring their bodies. But it's definitely more scary for me with having a daughter who's two years old now and she watches everything I do and she's very curious about my body. You know, she's not potty trained yet, but all of that is coming, Mm -hmm. you know, and she's going to remember the way I even moved. So it's not even just what I say. I'm thinking even like us women like to stand behind our husbands or boyfriends in pictures, you know, and Instagram, we're like, Oh, we don't want to look big or whatever. And I'm like, she's going to notice that she's going to notice the shame that I feel about my body and that it's not allowed to take up space or I don't want to show too much of it, that kind of thing. And I'm like, Oh man, I really want to work on that so that she feels completely free to just be in her body. Yeah. And I love that you're, you're sharing that. I mean, I, I think I do work right now. I am working on, um, we talk about like being strong and being powerful and she'll come and she'll come to the gym with me and work out or sit and watch. And she loves like, she'll do squats and she'll, you know, I want her to feel powerful. I want her to feel healthy. Um, but I think there definitely is, um, you know, that line for me of like wanting to just do the right thing, right? Like we, we as parents, I feel like we never want to mess up. Like we don't want to oh, yeah. our kid up, you know? Right. Um, and so for me, I'm just like my my hope, my dream. I, I say this all the time. Like I just want her better than me. Like I don't want her to have anxiety, like ever question her body. Um, and so – like the only thing we can do is be aware, educate ourselves, mm-hmm. and like ha- talk to people like Heather who are um, right going to give us little nuggets of wisdom to better the way that we handle ourselves and and chat with our child. You know, so it's such a daily struggle. Parenting is no <laughs> joke. Uh, forewarn, <laughs> no joke, literally. And you can drive yourself crazy because. You know, it's like, even if you do everything right, there's still this cultural pressure of being perfect and thin. But I think the thing is, is a protective factor is kids being able to come home and talk to their parents about what the kids said at school to them that day and saying, you're safe, you're beautiful, your body's perfect the way it is. Those kinds of things are going to be really protective for them, even if, you know, our culture and social media is kind of you know, really living out this toxic narrative of, you know, having a perfect body. I feel like that's such a good summary of what we're doing here is creating a safe space here to talk about this, creating a safe space for our daughters at home to come home and feel safe with us and know that they're loved and perfect the way they are. Like, that's such a good theme for this is like, Whitney, we are doing the best. All three of us are all mom daughters. Like we're all doing the best we can to create this safe space for people. And like, pushing self-love and pushing body positivity and definitely you know what's funny is having a kid though I will say this having a kid makes you look at your own stuff and it makes like in turn I think it's helped me realize like I do actually appreciate my body more and I think I have grown since having a daughter Um, I actually think that's why God gave me a daughter to be honest Okay, last thing I just want to talk about because we've kind of talked about not really but like clean eating and the diets what would be like your advice for kind of non-diet approaches for people because that's something that I feel like I crave because I like to eat a certain way but I also don't want to get in back into old habits so like 
what would you tell people that are looking for kind of non-diet approaches to eating? Question. So my intuitive eating or mindful eating. It's called intuitive eating. You can get the book or the hand. intuitive eating. And I even like taped it up on my fridge because out here we, I want to reject the diet mentality. We honor our hunger. We make peace with food. We challenge the food police. We respect our fullness. Movement is supposed to be fun. Um, those kinds of things. Um, and eating is really listening to your body's hunger cues. And those are the kinds of things I work with on my, now when you're really first in your cues get shut off. You don't think you're hungry, even though you are hungry and your body is likely in starvation. Once we get the hunger cues going, then I love intuitive eating and mindful eating for kind of moving into this place of like, okay, I'm full. I don't need anything else. What am I craving today? Oh, I'm craving fruit or I'm craving a vegetable. Well, today I'm actually craving some fat because my brain is made of fat and I need it to survive those kinds of things. So yeah, intuitive eating, mindful eating and... I also really like um, this book called um, Secrets from the Eating Lab, and she kind of talks about how diets don't work and intuitive eating is um, a good model and that genes actually account for 70% of our variation in weight. And so we spend all this time in America trying to like, you know, like get ourselves into this certain place when really our genes more than likely have kind of a set weight for us. That is like where we're going to thrive and feel good and be healthy and not get injuries or have um, Mm -hmm. malnutrition, that kind of thing. Same with height. 80%. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. That same. Yeah. I love that you talked about intuitive eating because that's what I have found. And those 10 tips and herbs, the book that you mentioned, like I have read and talked about on my Instagram a lot because that is w- what I do now. And it's crazy once you realize, um, once you can shut down. Again, I've done a lot of work through my issues. And so once I could realize like, wow, I really was, like my body was so malnourished. I maybe wasn't losing weight. But now you see things once you are, you know, giving yourself the proper fat, the proper carb ratio, um, I was able to, wow, my hair's growing better. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I'm actually seeing more definition in my body and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. kind of gaining. There, there's so many more benefits. But again, like you're talking about, if you're not there yet, there's so much work. Yeah, you got to get through the, the, the shit, really, the shit storm before you can get to the point of being like, wow, mindful eating, intuitive eating. That sounds like a good idea. You know, yes. It Yesterday, guys, my intuitive eating was day two of my period and dark chocolate. Yes, that that's... is what my I could. T- my body was literally <laughs> saying dark chocolate, and I think that's great. I remember one time I had a doctor in middle school, and I was scared that I was fat, and I told her sometimes I crave chocolate, and I just am like so thankful for this doctor as a kid. And she's like, if you crave chocolate you should go eat some chocolate. And I'll always remember my doctor told me that when I was in school, probably because she was like, oh no, this girl's young. She's starting to talk about how she thinks she's fat. She's really getting preoccupied. And that was so helpful because you listen to your body and on your period. Could you imagine if she had said the other thing to you at 12? The other, like, if she had been like, nope, you can't eat it. You better just go eat broccoli. Like you would have been like, oh my gosh. Like it It would have taken you the other way. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what happened to me was I got into the modeling world at 13 and had like seven different agencies lined up to like meet with me. I had one agency say at 13, I was like 115 pounds and 5'11". And they were like, you're a little too athletic no. for us. So you're Ugh. just not built. And that was like literally the starting point. But what's crazy and what people don't realize, and now that I'm in the healthcare field, and done so much research, right? The stress and that I put my body through and that I put my mind through that young of an age truly affected my hormones. I believe it affected my cortisol levels. I believe that a lot of my like my Hashimoto, Hashimoto's a thyroid issue has a lot to do with your stress levels and getting to that point of your body flipping over and starting to like attack itself because it's more of an autoimmune issue and I truly believe that all that stress that I created just from that moment has has affected my life in a totally different way right so 
it's we just don't realize um I I almost feel like I I don't you don't realize when you're doing it with your body like what else it's gonna no. affect you down the road yes right you like, only see the pregnancy you know Instagram picture and you're like they look amazing and you don't see oh like they haven't been getting enough fat in that's going to affect their endocrine system and their hormones that kind of thing I mean you know you can't see or feel that on social media or images exactly thank the lord we didn't have instagram when we were 13 oh my gosh it had been terrible it already was terrible yeah like i can't imagine how that's a whole other podcast (laughs) okay let's get into some happy let's do the best segment of the podcast let's do yay and nay with wit and k heather take yay it. and nay <laughs> okay well my yay is i just going to do shout out to i work with the um, nutritionist dr megan holt so she chatted with me about some of the medical stuff so my yay is being able to have her in work alongside of her in private practice it's kind of scary to work with eating disorders on your own and so i'm so happy that she's part of my team um woo mm, definitely um, my nay is really weird, you guys. Something really creepy happened to me this morning. Oh, I love this so, type of stuff. Tell hopefully me. it's good creepy, Whitney. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Like, I don't what? know if it's going to be good. What happened? So I got up and I got my daughter ready for daycare and my dog was running around like wanting to be fed and she was running around and she just turned to so um, she's really like interested in diapers and like she likes me to put her little stuffed bunny in a diaper, that kind of thing. Okay. So she was kind of doing that. I was trying to get dressed. So we went to daycare. I dropped her off. I came home. My dog was like still running around. I walk into our bedroom and on my husband's side of the bed, I'm not kidding. There is a round nugget of poop on his bed. And I don't know whose poop it is. I don't know if it's my daughter's, my dog's or my husband's. (laughs) Let's hope it's not your <laughs> And I'm like so weirded out and grossed out by this. And it looks old too. That's the weird thing. I'm like, did somebody break into my house? Did I forget to lock the door in their leg? Well, I'm going to put a poop on her bed to get her today, you know? I'm like, did my daughter pull it out of the trash from, or, but we crate train our dog. So he's in his crate. So like, he couldn't have gone on the bed. I literally don't know where this poop came from. And then, Next to the poop was the stuffed bunny. So maybe my daughter just like decided I'm dropping off poop and the bunny. See ya, going to daycare. Really weird. And honestly, oh my gosh, it's that my is... day because I'm doing laundry now and I keep feeling like I'm smelling poop everywhere. Was it right on his pillow? It was like right below his pillow. Yeah, I don't know. So That's Whitney so strange. loves everything paranormal, so she th- probably thinks this is someone that came into your house. To go I'm, I'm like, cast the ghost shit on your bed. <laughs> I mean, it is Halloween coming up, but I did kind of feel a little creeped out. I'm like, did I lock the door? Like, does someone think this is a practical joke? And it truly was poop. Like, it wasn't. Oh, it was so poop, you guys. It was poop. <laughs> I don't want to go into too I mean, much let's detail, be honest. But... As moms, we know, like, our kids poop, our dog poop. So what I'm guessing, you could you tell, like, did it look like your dog poop or did it look like your kid poop? Well, the thing that confused me is it looked like it could have been either one of theirs, like, a week later rolled around in hair and dirt and then, like, like oh, Play-Doh, like, you've, like, molded it into a ball. Uh, so it was like I bet the dog I bet the dog brought it on your bed. Did do they ever go on your bed? They yeah, the he does, but he he's he never poops in the house. So well, it's really we need weird. to know your daughter and your figure daughter it out. was conspiring against you and she was like, "Here, I'm leaving. Take it out." <laughs> it's really gross and I'm like, "How long had it been there too?" Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did I sleep on it? <laughs> That's why it's all rolled around. <laughs> yeah oh my god that's the best yeah. name we've ever had on here well heather it was an absolute joy she's lost her headphones we've lost sorry her. sorry okay she's heather, back it was an absolute joy thank you for giving us some insight into this whole world of eating disorders disorder eating and some nuggets on how we can kind of attempt to conquer it so we really appreciate you and your thoughtfulness and where can people find you if they want to reach out to you for any resources? Oh, yes. Yeah. So Heather Sherwood Therapy at gmail.com. 
email me or you can find me on psychology today, Heather Sherwood. And, um, I'll put some up on my Instagram is also Heather Sherwood therapy. I'll put up some kind of people that are good to follow on social media, um, and the body positivity community and podcast books. I'll put it all up and that way you guys can access that too. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys for having me.